Good News family. This is Tana Heineman, the host of our Now What podcast. This is where we unpack Sunday's message and talk about how to practically apply it to our everyday lives. I love that you're here with us, and I love that we get the opportunity to spend more time with our pastors and have them teach us even more what the Word has to say about our everyday lives. We learned from Jesus that one of the best ways to grow is in community together. So join us as we talk about the scriptures and unpack Sunday's message. Hey, good news. How's your week so far? I'm looking forward to today on the podcast because I have Pastor Isaiah and Pastor Jason with me today. Hi, guys. Yo, hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Decent. Okay, so let me see. I'm, I'm going to guess you all are either happy this week because you won the Super Bowl on Sunday or you're broken inside because you watched it slip away in the last moments of the game. Or, or, they, or they don't care. Or you don't care. <laughs> you didn't care? I'm Did double you? broken. You're done with broken? No, I'm double broken. Oh, you're double broken. See, here's the thing. Krissa is now on, she watched QB1, so she loves oh. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my. He can do no wrong. Okay. And I can do no wrong. The whole I'm Taylor Mahomes. Swift's boyfriend thing. And what? Taylor Swift's oh, boyfriend. Kelsey. It, and this, is, this has gotten, I'm having a hard time. I thought they really behaved. I felt like Taylor Swift was not on camera. No, I, showed like, her eight, eight I times think at she's least, great. Eight times at least we but counted. It wasn't a terrible eight times. Well. And I thought Kelsey was a punk. Did you see yeah, that scene I when did. he like comes yeah. up there to his I coach? saw a like, meme. It was like when someone sits in your seat on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and you go confront them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The, I went and saw, I had a nurse visit this morning at the doctor and she said they sh- they took shots every time there was a, a Taylor Swift <laughs> signing yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, and Usher what was your opinion on the halftime show he's 45 and can still go yeah he can dance I liked the second half better yeah. than the first half I was a little disappointed in the uh decorations of the the street lights without the street light on top of oh, the poles yeah. yeah yeah you could do without that but um, music no. was decent yeah, but the roller the rollerblading was cool that was i was i was that nervous was cool. i was like mom nervous the whole time like somebody's gonna go flying over that the was edge super cool nate actually called um ushers the the white outfit he called it a blouse first of all okay. i didn't even know he knew that word and second of all you're absolutely right it looks like a blouse from like the 70s but you know whatever I digress. Okay, so Super Bowl, you're double broken. You're indifferent. Okay. I'm still entertaining. I'm just bitter now. I'm sorry. Now you have a little while to just recover. Listen, my wife will not let me recover. She's just, she's in this thing. And I'm just, I'm letting all you guys know out there, just extend your hands and pray for me. Oh my goodness. And next year, I'm sorry, but we gotta, they have to win again. I mean, you have to. Why? They won't. They won't? Mm-mm. Okay. Do you think Nate's Chicago Bears have a chance? (laughs) 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 Oh, my poor husband. He's still holding true. Someday, maybe. Oh, man. It's like being a Husker fan. Okay, let's move on. I'm sorry I said that. I really do want to pause for a second and get serious because this is the week. We are on the final days of the 2140 challenge. Let's go. And I just want to say to all our listeners, we are so proud of you. Over 400 of you engaged with us in the challenge. And I don't know about you guys, but we can really feel it. It's just cool to know that we're all working together to become more like Jesus. And then it's like not only for our own benefit, but it's so we can help others know Jesus too and be more like him. I'm 
been amazed at how many people are actually coming up and buying being challenge books to go through it with coworkers, neighbors, um, teammates, it's classmates, even high schoolers, college students. It's been really exciting to just see our 2024 start off this way and to know that we've almost arrived at the end of this challenge. I love it. And shout out to Tana as well. She's the one who kind of found out about Zach. We knew about Zach and some of his writings, but uh, she just really felt like this was going to fit our church. And I think it has been a home run. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I liked him and I was like, well, let's just check this out and see if it's going to, if it's going to fly. And I've liked him and people are asking what other books he has and what other challenges we might want to do. So we'll just see what the future holds. But becoming more like Jesus as an entire church family. I couldn't be happier about that. So, okay. So I have a question for you guys today. It's pretty random and out there, but if you could know that anyone famous was actually listening to you today on the podcast, who would you want it to be? Taylor Swift? No. Some theologian. I don't know. Matt Chandler. I like some pastor. He calls himself. What does he call him? Baptocostal. Oh, does he? Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. I heard a really cool story about him. We'll have to share it another time. But um, I think for me, it is, uh, this sounds really strange, but Eminem. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I I think he's really talented. I think he struggled a lot with depression. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I prayed for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I just, I want him to know Jesus. Yeah. Well. You got a strange rapper that you'd like to pull out? I don't like rap. Okay. Well, even more. (laughs) Whenever I hear, like when I think Eminem, there's like a Christian version of Eminem, which is like Andy Minio. NF. Oh, no, NF. That's what I meant to say. NF. NF is. Kind of. He's good. He's he's good, but he just seems very sad. He 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 feels like he needs emotionally healthy spirituality and needs some breakthrough. Actually, <laughs> NF, if you're listening, album, I feel a little Tana wants to invite you. I do. Yeah. I want to, to invite him to come. We'll be offering it in September of this year. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay with us if you want, and you know, get get healthy. It would change his song, so yes, maybe that's would. maybe that's part of it. You know, but I don't know. Anyways, okay. Um, what what about you? Oh, I, well, I didn't think about it. I was just asking you guys. Well, I like to throw out the questions <laughs> and ahead. not have to give an answer. Um, somebody famous. You know what? I have um, a, a podcaster that I listen to ever since like the very beginning of her. Like maybe she was like on her 10th episode or something and just watched her um, really just become very successful. And she's written a few books and she's part of who I kind of think of in my head of how she would handle mm. this content today or whatever. What's her name? So, Joyce Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> she actually does a YouTube one every week. I saw it. Oh, okay. um, no, her She's name is too. Jamie Ivy, actually, and she does a podcast called The Happy Hour, mm. and um, she's really, really good. She actually... Oh, I'm going to get sad. She's actually in the news this week. and um, What happened? Her husband has had a big fall. Oh. And I'm mad. Is she Christian? Yes. She's a believer. She's really, she's great. I love her so much. And um, I've I've wanted to reach out to her actually for the last several weeks to, I went and saw her live one time and I wanted to reach out the last several weeks and just kind of tell her like, you inspire me, you whatever. And I didn't do it. And Mm. then last night as I was going to bed, I saw a post and was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just like woke up this morning, even just kind of talking to Jesus about it. Just sad. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, you know. Now's the right time. I need to encourage if she ever reads it, which actually she really, really does. I mean, that's like the cool thing of when you listen to her, you see how invested she still is in her audience, even as she's gotten bigger. She was just on Good Morning America on Friday, interviewed Mm -hmm. for her new book, but now has had to pause her book tour because, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. So see, I'm Debbie Downer because you asked me my question. I mean, it's real. <laughs> but it's it is real. Yeah. And um, but I love what God is doing through her, and will continue to do through her, and her family, and um, and restore her husband's life, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But, hey, can I give a shout out? Yeah. Uh, Justin Graves, you Justin. are the man. I just love his feedback. Um, he's invested. I want to have him on the show one yeah. day just to get somebody. We want some different people on the show just to, to interact and uh, share their two cents. So appreciate you, man. Absolutely. It's a good time. It's good timing for a shout out to Justin because he and his lovely bride just had Nate and I over for dinner on Friday and he had burgers on the grill that were darn near competitive with my husband. So he yeah. didn't know what he was getting into when he said, oh, we're going to do burgers on the grill. I'm like, oh yeah, let's see how you do. He did a great job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we had a great time and his, his children are wonderful and he's got, Justin's got quite the story to God be the glory. He does. So, love and it. he'll also take you down. He will. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't want to mess with him. I've actually fought him before. Have you? Yeah. How'd it go? We sparred. It was good. He's very strong. <laughs> yeah. He's very strong. You don't want to roll with him. He's pretty tall. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe so. he and Nate should fight some you know has Nate had any fighting background no he just die. has size yeah. that's what I mean like he would some, get tired really quickly but I think he could probably go for 30 seconds and then the technique would take over but wow and Nate's old now he'd yeah. get tired real quick yeah real quick okay he'd have a lot of fun all right I don't know about you guys but Sunday was really good medicine for me I I loved the sermon I feel like youth pastors can get away with saying things that none of the rest of us could ever say or make jokes (laughs) about boundaries are crossed and yet everything's still okay I laughed so much it was just it really felt like good medicine and then you even had said something you said um, maybe like how long has it been since you've really paused and thought how valuable it is that you get to be part of a church family you know and that God saw fit to do that or whatever and I just thought yeah we take it for granted all yeah. the time that we get to come and be together every week. And uh, you pointed off right right from the beginning how people, all the different possible ways people might hear the message mm-hmm. this week. Um, and I thought that was really helpful. Do you remember a few of them, the ways that you said people might hear it? Well, I even ran into a few people in the lobby who were showing up for the first time. And they had gone to church for a while and then stopped coming. And then they were there somehow. God's timing. God's so timing. Cool. That they showed up that Sunday. So speaking to people who are there for the first time, people who are hearing the message and they've heard it a million times and they just simply don't care. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, I'm here to get filled up and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, maybe the Lord is pushing them to go a bit further. And then people who are serving a lot and just giving their whole lives, and that's great. Maybe it's time for them to get sent out or to continue to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, f- I think a few other ones I forgot. Maybe uh, even those who are religious, Mm. They're, they're doing yeah. their, their duty this month mm-hmm. to, to stop in. Um, but I, you know, I think even Raphael had, had mentioned there was a person who it kind of hit home for them as they were looking back over wasted time. Mm. That, man, if I would have been more a part of church or more part of the body of Christ, it would have made a bigger impact and difference in my life. I thought it was, it was pretty impactful. Yeah, I think it's even deeper than just being able to have the privilege of getting together. I think it's you are part of Christ's body, like his, mm-hmm. like he loves you as if he loves his own body. Yeah. Like I think that's even deeper than, you know, in some countries you can't gather, but it's like you get to be a part of like the literal body of, or the spiritual body of Christ. Yeah, and you have a part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Uh, I, I loved right off the key verse that you said is such a great verse. I'm actually going to read it. It's Psalm 92 verses 12 through 15. 
Uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. And there's like so many strong words in there. Of course, what's ringing true to me is the bear fruit in old age. But I do see that because even culturally outside the church, we retire and you watch the decline happen when people require uh, retire from their job. right? Right. You see it mentally, physically. It is aggressive. And we tend to do the same thing inside the church where we've served for a really long time or we were really, really active when our kids were active. And then we kind of feel like, oh, we did a decent job. Now our kids are serving in the church and we're going to kick back and relax, whatever. No, I want to be flourishing and bearing fruit way into my old age. Yeah. Don't say I'm already in my uh, old I'm age. not saying Keep anything. it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think it's such a it's just such a powerful verse. And. And Pastor Isaiah, how you pointed out that um, planted in the house of mm-hmm. the Lord. And yeah, there is a clear choice of words that was used there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the palm tree is a really interesting choice in the cedar as well in Lebanon. And just the fact that they, I mean, they're made for adversity. Like I, I talked about how they're blown, they're blown around and they survive. Talked about how the date palm produces quite a bit of fruit, like 150 pounds, mm-hmm. but it takes a while for them to begin growing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the tree analogy can fit all kinds of stages of church growth. Yeah. You know? Being rooted, it reminds me, so a uh, number of years ago, you know, every December, uh, Pastor Walt, he would get on the, he was on the tree kick, right? So we would get pictures of them or... Um, and one time we got uh, a bonsai tree, mm-hmm. right, as yep, a gift. I remember. So then it was competition between Raphael and I, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking, well, I'm going to grow this tree huge because this is a, I don't care nothing about the tree. Mm-hmm. I only want to beat Raphael. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're in this competition, and then I wake up one day, and I went, if I trans, transport it or move it into a bigger place, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll grow larger and I will win so I I did but in pulling up the bonsai tree I tore all the roots <laughs> and then I put it down there and it wouldn't stay it would just, just <laughs> fall over uh-huh. and then like months uh, I guess it was a year later he brings it in you know to the uh, the next December for the Christmas mm-hmm. party and it was like he must have been like Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. he had man this thing was all uh tall and uh, bountiful and I mean I quit after mine fell over dead but it just it's the picture of what happens when you don't stay rooted Mm -hmm. something dies absolutely and he he committed and took care of it I mean literally it was something beautiful yeah we could talk the whole time about all the analogies with with trees plants life roots growing the time that you can transplant something even Mm -hmm. just thinking about you know someone their time here at Good News, maybe it's coming to a close and God wants them to go somewhere right. else. That timing of that transplant so that they don't destroy the roots or so that it can become uh, rooted again in the new place that it's supposed to be. I mean, right. there's just so so much we could talk about, but just the beauty even of the palm tree and the way its root system is underground and how it can handle the storms of life because I think we, I mean, we say it often of people who are going through hard things in life, I don't know how they do it 
without a church family. Right. Things are just too hard, yeah. you know, and to know that we're all here for each other and some days you're having a tough time and some days I'm having a tough time, yeah. but we're all headed in the same direction, pursuing the same thing, living from the same mindset. That's And that same values yes. as well. Yeah. Keeps you going. And I think, I think part of it is maybe they haven't experienced that before, mm-hmm. so they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what it means to bear fruit or all they've experienced is the negative side of being in, in a church community. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of like I, sh- I shared during, I think the second service, um, that we went to a restaurant, Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and I like Italian food, but I'd never eaten at this place, Pasta Amore. And really good, like gorgonzola cheese, like steak on there. It was the best pasta I've ever had. So I have a new favorite, mm-hmm. because I experienced something so good. I never want to go to Fazoli's again. Right. <laughs> like I, wow. ne- I never want to go to other pasta places mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. I've experienced something so great. Right. And I think once you experience something that's a healthy, life-giving church, which there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of you know negative experiences, to to experience that, I think you've experienced that. I mean, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to go back. Yeah. Agreed. I think too when when you mention um, it took twenty years for the palm to actually produce fruit. Mm-hmm. I think it's in it's immature decisions and immature seasons that actually will cut you short from developing fruit. So, you know, every biblical character, there was a time frame of having to go through things in order to see the benefit of. I, I think there's a lot of people that they change churches, they change different things, but they won't give time for God to meet them in the root system, in their consistency over time. So they're thinking, well, this isn't working. I've got to try Mm -hmm. something else if they even finish it all. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening, stay committed, stay devoted, get around people that are doing the same thing. Even when you don't feel something or you can't quite see something, if you'll commit to the word, you'll commit to biblical community, watch what God will do. It just takes, it takes time. You can't you can't microwave what God wants to crockpot, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it takes commitment to follow through. And I, th- I think I, I misspoke a little bit because it actually, it will grow, they'll grow slowly for 20 years. I'm no, f- you know, tree expert, but uh, it will take four to eight years. Four to eight Four years. to eight years to mm-hmm. begin producing fruit. Okay. Mm-hmm. But after that, I think it says uh, seven and 10 years, there's like huge amounts of harvest at seven years mm-hmm. and 10 years. And you can go so deep into this, like you can connect Biblically. it to, mm-hmm. you know, Paul the Apostle, when he got saved drastically, he moved. Like right. he didn't just start ministry. Yeah, like he right. moved to so- somewhere in the Middle East to get filled up and trained. Then he came back. Mm-hmm. So even Paul the Apostle took a, took a moment to get filled up before mm-hmm. he started serving. I is uh, apostle different than apostle? Apostle is <laughs> no, <laughs> capital A apostle, lower A apostle. What are you talking about? Well, he said apostle. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, isn't it's not a silent T? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. care. Okay, I'm super distracted. <laughs> I was going to say earlier, sometimes we in the church can have a tendency to put people into ministry really quick. And yeah, there's a not good. There, there's, there's a plus and a minus, pros right. and cons to those things. And I, I watched it in my own family, too, of um, my dad even coming to the Lord. But he, came, he was first-generation Christian and came from a lot of trauma. And then he's, boom, right into ministry. We are going on the mission field. We had no place to be on the mission field yet, you know, because then now you're out there. 
and you're on your own and it's hard yeah. and uh, you ha- your roots have not gone down and we have a tendency you know sometimes to be motivated of like well what if we get them in into ministry then they'll stay connected and whatever right. we need to just encourage them I think I can't remember if you said it on Sunday or not but it's like could we just focus on you being committed to coming to church every week let's start right mm-hmm. there and then we're going to work on being on time to church every week mm-hmm. you know like that's a big one and uh and then maybe you move into your when you're coming to church now you're gonna usher or something so you're not missing any of service you are in there for worship you're learning from other christ followers like this is what worship is like this is what prayer is like you're getting to know people i mean we kind of tease and make fun of the time where we high five and shake hands with each other but so many of us are going through our day-to-day lives and we're just punching in punching out we're going to work we got to run and get our kids we got to do this do that that we and we're looking at our phones so we're not making eye contact with people we're not shaking hands and saying hi to people one time a week on a sunday morning uh you don't know you might meet your new best friend when you you know take time to do that um but really guarding people as they're coming in and not putting them into ministry too quickly so that they have a chance to grow yeah and you'd be surprised i think at how many people um, if you begin to explain, you know, who you are, where you come from, what you're going through, how many people will, will commit, like, will help you, mm-hmm. uh, want you to be a part, want to invite you in, want, want, to, want you to be successful in your journey with Jesus. Um, at least that's what I've run into um, through the years in community. We talked about that the other day where I really, truly believe the enemy has a very simple tactic to isolate us. And so um, we've had uh, people recently saying, oh, I haven't, I haven't been to church in a few months or whatever. It would just be awkward now if I come and people are going to wonder where I am. They're going to judge me or whatever. And I have... I have not seen that yet, at least by anybody that matters. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we're just so happy to see you. Yeah. We're so mm-hmm. glad you're here. Yeah. And we might say, where you been? And it's a little awkward to say, oh, I just haven't been here. Okay, yeah. no problem. Here's a spot in the pew, sit next to me, you yeah. know, or whatever. Um, but the enemy would love nothing more than to get into our head and make us think, yeah, they're all gonna be looking at you. And in a place like this, two services, it's big. Uh, it could just be, it takes months before we realize, wait a second, and if Have you're I? in the balcony, <laughs> I mean, you could honestly pass out and nobody would find you for like three days up there. <laughs> you just so it's dark. It's you don't dark. see anybody. Yeah. 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 But I don't encourage you to stay up there. Yeah. I'm just going to sure people. Sam come by and be like, hey, wake up. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, let's talk about, you mentioned some kind of reasons maybe why church. You talked about we need a place to be refilled and renewed, and we've kind of been talking about it. You talked like our brain, our body, our soul needs a shock. Mm-hmm. You used the pool analogy, and we are not going to repeat that on oh, the podcast okay. today. Yeah. Leave all those comments on Sunday morning. Um, but can you guys think of times where God used the church to challenge you in your journey, whether it was to shock you back into mm-hmm. something or oh, anything like that? how God has used the church to challenge you. Yeah, I I mean, I remember people within the church, as a church as a team, not just a service, um, I remember I had called one of my mentors up and said, hey, like, Emily and I were kind of struggling a little bit. Here's what happened. She wasn't doing so so good, and I asked her, like, how's your prayer life? (laughs) And then she just exploded on me. (laughs) I was like, how dare you (laughs) ask me that question right now when I'm angry with you? Mm 
<laughs> and and so I told one of my mentors this, and he's like, "Are you stupid?" <laughs> he's like, "Why would you ask that question?" It's like, "How about you just pray with her mm. instead of judging her? Why don't you lead her?" Mm. And and so talking to someone who is a role model for me, who is a part of the church. Um, was super helpful. And there's sermons that challenge me all the time, mm-hmm. especially when I hear testimonies, when I see the videos, celebrations. Um, I, you know, they teach a topic that I don't study normally because mm-hmm. we gravitate towards things that probably we've heard before. And you just, oh, I love Calvinism, so I'm just going to listen to Calvinistic stuff all week. Mm-hmm. But then when you're challenged with with an idea that's contrary, it's actually good for you to be challenged to, to have form a, a full view of who God is and how you know, amazing he is. Mm-hmm. I can remember uh, something, and I've, I've talked about it before, but um, I was I, I newly saved maybe within two years, probably a little less, or around a year. And I was trying to leave something and trying to engage something that was new, mm-hmm. and it was unfamiliar. And so I, I found myself drifting, right? That, that old world, that old feeling, the idea of having, having to be committed to anything, I just wasn't familiar with it. And I can remember it had been two, maybe three weeks of me missing church and the youth pastor reached out and said, Hey man, how you doing? Why don't you come back? And it was that simple that got me back. And because I knew how, what I, what I had come from, I know how quickly I could have fallen back into those old habits and patterns. And the fact that he allowed me, reached out to me, called me, called me out and said, you know, come be with me. It actually shifted once again the direction of my life. And there's maybe people listening right now and you have been committed to the church for a long time. We're, we're saying, hey, come back mm-hmm. or stay committed. We love you. We believe in you. You can walk through whatever it is, even your own inconsistency uh, to follow Jesus. And you got a whole bunch of people that will rally mm-hmm. uh, to support you. I agree. There's also a tendency if um, somebody gets kind of in your business and says a little something challenging and then you get ticked. I don't want to hear that. You know, I've known plenty of people who've left because Mm -hmm. they didn't like the challenge that was laid before them. And I can still remember um, I've been here a long time and uh, my daughter was young. I was cleaning houses for a living and I had joined the church choir. And so we had practice on Thursdays. And one day I was running really late. I cleaned a lot of houses every day and I'm trying to make ends meet. And I had to grab Kirsten from daycare and get straight here. And I didn't get to go home and change clothes first. And I always wore jean shorts to work. They were far from being too short, okay? But the pastor stopped me in the hallway and said, "Um, Tana, your shorts are too short and that's inappropriate to be wearing uh, as a godly woman here at choir rehearsal mind you rehearsal yeah and i felt in that moment i had a choice and i think he could see it on my face because i have a really obvious emotional response (laughs) face that he said you know you learn a lot about someone and their leadership potential in how they respond to things when they're hard but they're challenged to become a leader and i bit my lip and i said okay Thank you, I won't wear them again, and went to choir. Now, the, the whole drive home was I like, I, he doesn't even know. I was working hard. I was doing all the right things. I would never know, you know, whatever. But I had to process through that with Jesus and get that off. But I just remember 
I'm grateful for all, and that was one of many times where people were willing to say the tough thing to me to help me become who they knew I could become. And it was because I was planted in this church. And, you know, we've talked about it before. Jay, I think you are mine and Nate. Well, you're my fifth pastor here at Good News, not counting a couple of interim pastors in there. And there have been plenty of times in those transitions where Nate and I are like, we're out. Peace out. Can we yeah. go? Had several friends who've left. And you talked about it earlier. We don't stay long enough to allow God to produce those roots in us to right. stay. And it was like, no. And Nate would say, no, we don't have a release to leave from here. We're going to push through this. And we exponentially grow through each of those seasons. Um, but we just tend to leave too quick. Yeah, that's right. You know, or we get offended too quick when really if we if we slow down a little bit and just take it, and let God use it, it's actually making us become these these palm trees, these cedars of Lebanon that are planted and strong, and now those storms can come and we're good, you know? Um, and then we can be that for somebody else. Sure. You know, that's what I wanna be. I think, I think you have to be careful out there. Um, when you get feedback, because I, everybody has an opinion, and then everybody has some truth, right? So it's subjective and it's objective. And we were just talking about this in our pastor's meeting. And subjective is opinion. You know, here's what I think you should do, or here's the way I think you should do your hair, or here's how I think you should dress, or here's how, and it may or may not be true, right? But there are objective standards in the word of God, as well as in how you walk out faith, that it may offend you, and it may be true. Mm. And so what do you do with those? So I just think it, it takes a little bit of wisdom. It takes a little bit of set, setting yourself apart from what is being told to you so that you can be objective about what's being said. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe the shorts weren't too bad, but maybe they were the wrong look. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was a deeper issue and it was your heart. Can you take constructive 100%. criticism? And now you're leading people and influencing people. So mm-hmm. I just think sometimes I, we're, we've all been offended in church. We've all been hurt to some degree mm-hmm. in church. But uh, some of those things, as I look back, I can look at the intent and I can move on um, and actually work through. And some people I go, I appreciate your opinion, but you don't even have the fruit to back up what you're saying. And so for me, your opinion, that's not objective. It's just subject subjective is your opinion yeah yeah i like i like the saying of when you get a bucket full of criticism take out a kernel of truth Mm. or you hear the you know the eat the meat spit out the bones um but i think every moment that you get confronted with something that someone doesn't agree with or has an opinion about it's an opportunity to become more like jesus either by adjusting you know your walk with the lord or by hearing that in not being offended and just growing in your character. And so um, I love I love getting feedback. Like my spirit does. My flesh does not love yeah. it. That's a great but, point. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's good. Whenever I hear that, people care. And I feel like if I was listening to a sermon, it's like unless they said my name and they said something I, I don't agree with, like I'm like, all right, just challenge me. Like help me to grow. And I think there's a difference too between getting feedback one time and a leader continually continually like not just on a bad day mm-hmm. you know but continually like doing things that are obviously not loving or obviously not right, right. or unhealthy there's a difference between the moments of emotion mm-hmm. and a habit of bad leadership yeah. big difference 
And two, as the as the listener, as the person who is coming into church and um, they're trying to learn how to do church community, you kind of talked about that at the top of the podcast of um, people aren't used to it. They don't know how to do church community. A lot of times we're coming from, we don't even know how to do healthy community in general. Right. Leave Jesus out of it. It's yeah. like you've been around people who it's all about what you can do, how you can perform. Um, you're never good enough, um, you know, how they can use your skills and abuse those things about you or whatever. And so now you're telling me to come in, trust my life to God, and start trusting a bunch of people. I haven't trusted a single person in my life for the right. last 10 years. So now now what am I supposed to do? Right. How mm-hmm. do I, how, how do I? Yeah, and I, you know, even now as a leader um, with a, a team, I actually learn from team members how they handle things or how they look at things or how pastor isaiah he loves it thank you thank you thank you for that feedback mm-hmm. can i have another one? Give, give me more feedback you hate me great how can i get better <laughs> right those kind of things and I, I look at that and i go such maturity but that's also practiced mm-hmm. he actually invites it and you know if you grew up in a home where you know every time you turn around your your mom was stonewalling you because she was mad at you well guess what you're going to do the same mm-hmm because that is that is all you know so now you you in, interact with somebody and you have a bad interaction now you're going to stonewall them you're going to keep them away from you so sometimes community goes well that's not the way you're supposed to act mm-hmm. right that's offensive but it's really true mm-hmm. and that's part of being healthy so listen uh, if you go to church or anywhere basically you're going to have the opportunity to be offended or bothered mm-hmm. or and so we want people to try to to uh to grow in their knowledge of jesus but also in their their ability to walk it out yeah that's good so one thing before we run out of time one thing i hear um often is how do i be the church outside of church so i'm Mm -hmm. i serve in the building um but then how do people see that version of me when i'm not inside the church building and i wonder what you guys would say to that that's one thing i didn't get to talk about on sunday a whole lot um it was definitely up there probably the next thing if i had time for number five that Mm -hmm. would be something to do I think that sometimes we can be so involved in the church building that we can't actually have an opportunity to live out what we're hearing. And for me as a, as a pastor, like going from working outside the church to now working at a church, I have to work really hard on finding places outside of the church building to be obedient to the Bible and be the church, to be on the team, bringing the kingdom of God outside. And so for me, that looks like my neighbors, like, for me, you need to, in, in my opinion, eventually you should know your neighbor's names. Um, you should, I mean, if you're watching them out your window, <laughs> you should probably have a name like so-and-so, why, yeah, what, what are they doing? Why are they yelling at each other? Um, and have, at least know their name, and maybe even look for opportunities to invite them over for dinner to talk to them instead of pulling into your garage and closing it, like mm-hmm. walk outside, get your mail, and say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are really simple things. Um, but uh, yeah, to to have time outside of the building to practice what is being preached I think is important what about people I, I actually had it said to me in the last couple of weeks of I work you know 8 10 12 hour days and I am surrounded by non-believers so I spend more yeah. time in that atmosphere than I do around believers how do I do that without them you know rubbing off on me how do I rub off on them without 
ostracizing myself because I'm just like nonstop talking about Jesus and trying to get you to come to church. Like, how do you balance that? And I think sometimes we can take a little bit for granted that we, we, we might not, you know, get along with everybody on our team every single day, but we are at least still confident that we are all headed in the right direction, working towards the same thing. So what does that look like for them? You know, I think, I think there are practices and habits that uh, you can do at church as well as in the real world. So if, if you see somebody and you're an encourager and you encourage somebody in the church, whether it, it be, you know, you want to pray for them and you encourage them that way, or you, hey, I just I had this really great thought about you this week and you share that. It's the same thing that you can do in your workplace without it being over-spiritual. Mm-hmm. Man, I love the way that you you know, you're a machinist and you always show up on time or you always do this. And the more you do that, the more you practice that, the more people begin to recognize there is something different. It gives you an opportunity. But I think sometimes we don't always know how to carry over the things we can do in church to the things we can do in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think they're really similar. Language may be a little different, but the heart and the spirit of God in us toward people, I think that stays the same. We just have to figure out how we do those things. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I would take a little time. You know, what do I love to do in church? What do I love about it? And how do those play out differently in the world without me having to use a lot of churchy language? Some of it for me is just um, if I'm in church and I'm meeting you, I ask you questions about you and like, tell me about you and you're married, like how old are your kids or whatever. And then as you keep answering, I'm going to keep asking uh, and and some somehow I get a nugget about your life, right? Sure. I can do that here in church. I can do the same thing with people outside of mm-hmm. church. It's very foreign because so many times people just stay superficial and and we think people don't want uh, a deeper question, but I'm of the opinion that I think people do lo- do want a deeper question. And you know, if they're like, uh, I'm like, no, 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 don't worry, you don't have to answer that, whatever. But if you don't push in there, then people are just going to stay shallow. And our our responsibility is that whenever we can, when we have interactions with people, we need to know them deeply so that we can bring Jesus into their situation. Uh, and so, letting it be known, uh, not shying away from. You know, if somebody says, hey, you guys, can you come to the block party today or whatever? And we're like, you know, you're going to say, oh, we're busy or "Ah, we have church, but we'll be home by two or whatever. Like, don't just say I'm Mm -hmm. busy. Plant the seed of where you'll be, because then it comes up in conversation. You know, Um, people need to know that um, I go to church or that I love God or somehow they might ask. So how did you and Nate meet? Oh, it's totally a God thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you just you don't have to be super dorky about it. I would probably have never said that, actually. But somehow bring in what God has done in that little nugget of your story so that people know what you stand for and what you're about. And it starts to create a safe space that as they open up and there's a hard situation in their life, then you have to be bold and say, can I mm-hmm. pray with you? Can I, could I pray with you? I mean, I used to do that all the time when I was cleaning houses of, they're standing right here telling me that they just got a cancer diagnosis. I'm not just gonna go back and start dusting the living room. Right. Like, I have to pray for them. And nobody ever says no when you say, can I pray for you? Yeah, I think too, you know, sometimes we try to force feed people. Yeah. We're so passionate about something. I got the picture of a little kid turning their head, you know, when they're being fed. Yeah. And I, I think the more you ask questions about people mm-hmm. and you actually care, mm-hmm. um, the more it gives you an opportunity later to to invite them in or to share your story or what you know about Jesus too. And you'd be surprised 
most people don't care about other people. So the fact that you begin asking questions, Mm -hmm. how's your life, how's your marriage, how you guys doing, Mm -hmm. how's your day, whatever, and you do that consistently, they're gonna consider you almost a friend. Mm -hmm. If if it's only a workplace friend, which gives you a great opportunity to to build that relationship. And this isn't a a free speech commercial, whatever, but I do think that um, we see throughout scripture people being the church, um, just talking as if everybody is a Christian too. So you're not censoring yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, don't allow non-believers or negative people to censor how joyful you are about the Lord mm-hmm. yeah, because, you know, their marriage is bad or because they don't believe in God or they've been hurt by the church. Almost ignore those feelings to censor yourself. I used to think that I could be an undercover Christian, mm-hmm. and in the end, I would reach people because they're like, oh, like, they would ask me. Mm-hmm. Most, But I figured out in our apartment complex, complex ministry that people would move or I'd get so little opportunities to follow up that I just never had that opportunity. And so I figured out if I just be bold right up front and just tell them, instead of saying, I teach kids, tell them I'm a kid's pastor Mm -hmm. and I get to be a part of shaping kids' spiritual life and I love Jesus, then I would know right where they're at because then they can see their face. You can see if they like that, they don't like that. And then if they get offended, uh, Pastor Raphael said, um, you can just be like, oh, no, 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 I, I, I'm not trying to push this on you or um, I'm so sorry as offended to you. This is just how I live. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm passionate about and I believe in this. Mm-hmm. And so don't censor yourself That's in those good. environments. That's really good. I love it. Um, man, there is so many other things I want to ask you about, but I really feel like we're pushing it on time today. I think as we mature in the family, we have more responsibility, and we talked yeah. about that a little bit too. And are we coming here just to be served, or are we coming so that God can use us to bring you know, fruit, to bring refreshing to someone, and really just the challenge to always be checking ourselves of what I'm, why I'm coming to church, what I'm expecting out of it, Um, And that, I think, trickles into how I behave then outside of church, too. If my mindset is, uh, when I first came here, I was a hot mess. And everybody from, I think Bib was probably a greeter then, too. You know, like, everybody was greeting me from the doorway all the way through, willing to pray for me at the altar, crying again, you know, whatever. This girl is a disaster. But people poured into my life for for a long time. They were not seeing a lot of fruit in the beginning, you know, and now to be on the flip side of that and to have the opportunity, I can't come in these walls and not want to be that for anybody else who might be here today. And that's what I, I think I heard that heart in you, Isaiah, on Sunday of we want you to grasp what it means Mm -hmm. to be a part of God's family, because then you are helping other people get planted deep and able to handle the storms of life and now able to go be that for someone else. The church is just, what is that, reciprocal? It's just, you know, and it's legacy. You know, I just, I want to leave a legacy here because people were willing to pour into me. Yeah, and it's it's an expectation that is on us as Christians. First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So as God has given you grace, you are now to be entrusted as a steward to extend that grace to others. Mm, absolutely. And so I think that's a sign of a maturing Christian. Maybe a new believer, you're just like, I'm still learning how to receive God's grace. But as you're maturing as a believer, one of the signs is that you begin to use your gifts as you discover them for the benefit of others. 
That's good. And I say it's grace. So when you look at the word manifold, it means multifaceted. Mm -hmm. So as you have received in your unique situation, God's grace toward you, it's the same way that grace can be shown through you to somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called manifold, multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And so it means regardless of what you've gone through, there's somebody else who needs what you have and you can do ministry to because of what you receive from the Lord. Is there, as we wrap up, a question or something like a call to action? How do I hear this message and respond? What kind of response would I maybe have or something that you want me to think about after this message? There's a lot of next, depending on where you are. Like, imagine you're a tree and, like, you've, you've been uprooted and you just need to get planted and stay put somewhere. Like, maybe you just need to write out, what, do I, what am I looking for in a church? Like, am I looking for a church that worships? that when I walk in, people actually lift their hands? Or am I looking for a church that teaches um, on this or who, who loves my family well? I think starting there, I think is, is super important. Like, what am I looking for? Because then when all those small things come up, like they didn't play my song, or you know, Pastor Jason's not preaching this week, Pastor Raphael is, <laughs> or something, you can say, no, I'm here for these reasons and I'm gonna stay. Mm-hmm. Or this is not the right church for me. I'm gonna find somewhere that fits this. Mm-hmm. I think starting there, so you get planted somewhere. But if you're planted, a, a good news, like you're attending um, regularly, making that a consistent thing. And as the Lord, you know, gives you grace, looking for a place to serve, looking for a, a life group, would be great and you can talk to a staff member, talk to someone who's already plugged in to figure out which of those you should start with, whether it's serving or life group or both. But um, it's exciting, there's a lot of steps to I guess getting more involved. Yeah. Uh, You know, we we started the year with God, what do you want for me? Mm -hmm. God, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. He may want for you to be in a life group. He may want you to be part of consistently a loving culture. Mm-hmm. He may want you to serve in some capacity. I can't answer the question that is actually between you and God, um, but you're going to grow the most in a biblical context, in biblical community. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, nobody grows better alone. I and agree. I'd, yeah, I'd be around people who love Jesus and are going after him and do whatever you have to to stay in that context. Absolutely. When I think of choosing church and uh, the purpose that church serves for me, I think those very same things. I get challenged in ways that I don't always when I'm just pursuing God by myself. Um, and God asks me to notice people who are just like I used to be and then in- gives me an opportunity to encourage, challenge, bring hope. It's so cool to watch that full circle happen of purpose that yeah. we have here. And then I feel like it's family brunch. Like every week yeah. I get to see my family and there's always family members that we're closer to and there's family members that we you know, we love to see and, and we see them across the room or whatever. But it's just uh, when life is hard or maybe there's a season where I'm disillusioned or I'm doubting or struggling to be able to come be with my church family yeah. that week. And just even if I'm quiet and crying in my pew by myself, I'm surrounded by people who are loving the same God that I'm kind of wrestling with right now. And that's what church does for me. And just being able to be together and be planted. I love it. Well, listeners, thank you so much for the extra time today. Uh, We hope that you um, are just processing through with God. You know, most of you 
you are probably plugged in here at Good News, but what does that look like? What is God asking of you in 2024? Who around you is not choosing church that maybe you are that gentle voice of reminding and drawing them back into church family whatever that is just keep talking to jesus about it and take those next steps share this podcast with someone and again if you ever have questions comments go to podcast at goodnews.church we'd love to hear from you i know this is supposed to be the end yeah but it is Tana Heineman's birthday. Oh. So if you guys hear this, reach out to her, send her an email or something, get her something. It's her birthday. She is uh, a prize and something pretty special for our staff. Um, and we love the Heineman family. So Thank happy you. birthday. Thank happy you birthday. so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining us today. We would love for you to tell others about this podcast and make sure you subscribe to it too. This will help others find out about it and keeps you up to date on the latest episodes. If you missed it before, we love to hear from you. So if you have any questions, make sure you email us at podcast at goodnews.church. Y'all, this is becoming my favorite day of the week. Now go give away what you just learned today and we'll chat again next time.